podcast world. What's shaking? Chad Belding, another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Thank you all so much for the growth of the podcast, the support of the podcast, the ratings, the reviews. We get a ton of direct messages. A lot of people um, seem to be excited about a lot of the guests we've been having. We're not going to stop. We want to keep having a diversified selection of guests and topics, all different walks of life. Um, some are celebrities, some are military, some are nine to fivers, some are athletes. It doesn't matter. We all like to hear the stories of everyday people. And I think that it's important to understand somebody's story. I think a lot less judgment would be passed if we took the time to understand, listen, hear, whatever it takes to know somebody's story, where they came from. And that's kind of what we're trying to do today. We are joined again by my good friend who I've been friends with for oh, 20 years now, probably huh? 19, no, longer than that, 19 97, I would say we became I friends. claim 15. 15? Is it no, only it's, 15? It's, it's 25. Almost I 25. Think. We I mean, met in 90. We met in 95. Unfortunately, I'm 45. Uh, 45. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> Run the numbers. It gets ugly. Scott I don't like Chalene, to, he's back and he's uh, in his insurance attire. I hear some good things are going on in the insurance world. So, like, you got a lot of momentum going. Well, I don't know if we should start with insurance or your new studios. This is absolutely off the hook. What a place. I mean, you got, Isn't it I got beautiful Lake Tahoe staring down on me. I've got uh, one of my favorite things in the, in the whole wide world, a fighter pilot uh, protecting America's freedom staring down at me. We've got uh, the Zach Brown band. We've got um, hunters and geese flying in into our decoys as we speak. I mean, bow hunters. This is just amazing, Chad. What a studio you Thank put together. You, this is something. Yeah, and all the all the photos are done by our very own Tom Rashashin. Unbelievable. Who we have on Instagram at T Rashashin R A S S U C H I N E, and he does a heck of a job. Like, look at the. I told him today my least favorite picture in the whole studio, and I even went as far as saying I wish I would have vetoed this one. Is this Benelli eight two at you over under up against these pheasant feathers and then you know just because i'm not a pheasant hunter but the look at the look at the complexity of that photo everything that's going on in it and it's literally just one bird with one gun on it and just look at everything going on and it is like bad to the bone oh that's amazing but i'd rather it be a greenhead but the point <laughs> of it is is like if you look around you got greenhead ducks and can geese those are the denominator that I've always said has got me the ability, the humbling ability to have you in here and have the network. So you look, you got Brian Moore in an F-16 that's done 135 missions to protect our freedoms. You got Zach Brown who pays homage to military all of the time. If, I don't know if you've seen a Zach Brown concert live, but every concert when he does chicken fried he brings up a local soldier from that area they communicate with the local base around that area right. in uniform he comes out at the end when when zach's saying hey raise your glasses and and give you know give respect to our soldiers he comes out and he, so everything's based around the network that we've been allotted or allowed to be a part of because of you know our hunting heritage and, and the privilege of being a hunter leith lofton and California waterfowl and Lake Tahoe behind us. And, you know, just a lot of the things that we get to that, you know, inspiration and stuff. So it's a, it's cool. And it's, it, and all of these things are built on to 
acoustic canvas that the sound will penetrate that canvas. We're in regular canvas, like a wall tan, it's too thick right. and the sound won't penetrate it. You could, you'd have to yell, but this goes right through it and hits the, the acoustical pat paneling and padding behind it. So it, it, you can hear it in these talking to me right now. It's almost like there's nothing else around us to where the old podcast room was hollow and there was more of an echo and all that kind of shit. There know? was, you do such a good job on the show, keeping things going and, and always, uh, you know, bringing up good topics and keeping the show rolling. But so it's always felt professional, but this, you know, it's always had a professional feel and sound more like it. But now you've got that professional look in studio. It's just killer. It's going to be fun to be here today. Thanks yeah, for having me. And I love you being here. And I, I think that when, you know, I told Matt Pandola this and it, yesterday he was our first guest cause he, you know, he's been so active in, in getting me, um, geared towards where we're headed and do a lot of different things. I wanted to have him back in here to, you know, Matt Pandola. And oh, have, I love Matt. And, if it was a pull-up competition, I would have been the first guest, but <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I would only lost that pull-up competition by tw uh, 10, 20 pull-ups. He really, he's really, he can do, I think his, his record is 28 without stopping, but there's guys that can do a lot more, but Matt's, nobody really understands that Matt weighs almost 200 pounds. Right. And he's still running where he, the distances he runs and the, and he's lifting the, you know, pushing and pulling the weight that he does. But so he said the same thing yesterday is that, you know, the, the, the podcast has always had the good feel to it with the guests and everything, but now it's like, it's a, we owe it to our audience to let them have a, a good listening and audio experience. You know oh, I mean? absolutely. It's always good to, to know where you're at. You know, when you're, when you're out there in the listening audience, it's always good to know where something's broadcasting from. I'm always interested in it. Yeah. Oh. And, and, and just the fact that the sound that they're going to get, the quality of it now is so much better. And I, I, I told Matt, this is that you can watch shitty TV with good audio way more than you can watch good TV with shitty audio. If, no. it, if a, if a phone conversation or a TV show or something doesn't sound good and you can't understand it or hear it and it's clear, right. you're like, I'm out. Right. I'm done. I, right. You hang up the phone on somebody when it's breaking up, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. watch the Spanish channel, even though, <laughs> even though it looks perfect. Yeah, it looks perfect, but you like... I you can't like, understand you, a word. You can't understand a word, but you, I mean, I can understand some just because of my Latin-based lingo of the Italiano. Oh, you know? sure. So... Okay, fine. We don't have to talk about insurance right now. I've been having this freaking ongoing argument and I'm talking like texting and talking whenever I see Joey Gilbert, a mutual friend who's been on the podcast, boxing extraordinaire, very intelligent ring, ring craftsmanship and ring intelligence. The guy could fight. He can still fight oh, yeah. and he knows boxing oh, yeah. and I shouldn't even even have the balls to argue with him. But I really think that the, this part two of, of, of Fury and and Wilder, uh, first of all, the excuse of I was tired when I got in the ring from having a 40-pound suit, wow. he should have never said that. He needs to check himself with his PR team before he says stupid things like that. But the guy was 270-something pounds against a 236-7-pounder. Is am I looking into it too much? When you sign up for a heavyweight fight, there's that mindset that you be you could be fighting a 300 pounder, yes. But dude, Fury is not a normal two. He probably walks around at 305 pounds. That dude, he's six foot oh, that's seven. How or he was six foot nine. Yeah, he was 305 less than uh, a year ago, I believe. If you see that body transformation thing, yeah, it's yeah. incredible. But even at, even at weighing in at 270, I wonder what he walks around at. Oh, he well now he he doesn't fluctuate like that anymore because you know he's he's had some weight issues in the past but i agree with you wilder saying that anything about that costume that Stupid. weighed 40 i mean 
how can you possibly make that decision? That costume weighs 40 pounds. Everybody goes, well, 40 pounds isn't that much. It's, it's, it's like lifting before you play basketball. I mean, it's just, it makes zero sense. You're about to go do the most grueling thing in sports, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know what's more grueling. You know, you can argue that wrestling, there's, there's plenty of things that are as grueling. But boxing is but there. But boxing's right up there. And, and to put any weight on or, you know, to, to make that kind of decision on a costume, you're right. It's a PR nightmare. He's going to uh, not be looked at kindly for it. And, and, uh, and um, th- the thing about it is, is that 40 pounds is exactly the amount of weight difference between him and Fury. And I look at it as, is that a fair fight? Is it a fair fight? And I know they fought before and he, he was getting beaten that fight. And the only reason it was a draw was because of the knockdown in the 12th round, probably. Right. I just don't understand the mindset. Like Gilbert's like, dude, that was a craftsmanship deal. That was a fight that that guy went in there and he had a game plan. And I'm like, he did hit him with some punches, but I just think that a punch from a somebody that weighs 40 more pounds than you, that's like Uriah Faber fighting you know, Cormier and taking a, or taking a a punch from one of the best heavyweights of all time, like Overeen or something hitting Uriah Faber. Now that's a little drastic. You have a great point. The, The thing is before the fight, I think people were worried about it the other way. As far as Wilder, the, 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 the slider guy knocking out fury. You know what I, I mean? Wilder has some legendary power. So I hear where you're coming from. But on this, on the other side of the coin, you know, some of the smallest weight-wise heavyweights of all time have been the best. You know, whether it's Joe Lewis or Joe Frazier, Mike Tyson. You know, some of those guys didn't never even came close to cracking 250 pounds. So do you think Tyson ever <clears throat> fought? There was Bone Crusher Smith and Tony Tucker, and I'm just wondering if if you watch High Tyson in his heyday, which was 86 to 90 before prison, before all, all of the Buster Douglas shit. If you watch those fights, he was literally destroying human beings in oh, every sense of the word. He yeah. was beating him before the bell went off oh, in the first nuts, round, yeah. his walkout. But I don't know if you ever fought anybody that was 40 pounds heavier than him. Well, and he, that you make a good point, Chad, because he, uh, I would have to look it up, but I believe, I don't believe he fought anybody over 6'3", even. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know if he fought a guy 6'3". These guys are giants. You know, Fury's six eight, six nine. Uh, Wilder's you know six seven. Six, six, I mean, six, these guys are monsters. So Tyson, whatever he was, he was ferocious. He's five eleven. You know, so it would look very awkward for him to maybe, fight a Fury. Maybe Bone Crusher Smith was six three. Yeah, maybe. But there's no way he fought over anybody over six five. How tall is Larry Holmes? Larry Holmes is maybe six four, six five. So he, I'm just saying, he never fought anybody like a Fury at a six nine. It would look awkward. It yeah. would look really awkward. He would Mike destroy Tyson. Fury in one. I, I believe so too. Believe. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. The pr- the real problem I had with that fight is some of the criticism I've seen on um, Wilder's corner stopping it, which is totally unfounded. You know. Um, Fury had burst his eardrum earlier in the fight. He clearly had no equilibrium. And the thing that really kills me is the guy that throws the towel for Wilder is Mark Breland. Yeah. You know, Mark Breland's resume, you can't question. I mean, he's a gold medal winner, uh, professional fighter for years himself, welterweight world champion. Anytime you watch one of those fights and you want somebody to throw in the towel, to me, Every single time you're begging a trainer to throw in the towel, they've never actually stepped in there and fought themselves. Oh, yeah. It's a guy that's been his trainer his whole life. A lot of times when you see early stoppages or stoppages where there's a little bit of controversy because they say maybe the fighter should have gone on, 
you know, a lot of times the fighter or ex fighter is the trainer. Knows what's they know up. what's going on. Yeah. I, you should never ever question a guy like Mark Breland for stopping a fight or throwing in the towel. Like you're saying to your point earlier, it's a heavyweight fight. Guys can get killed in there super easy. Oh yeah, super easy. Hurt a guy bad. like Fury winding up and hit and throwing a punch at you as hard as he can and you don't have any equilibrium and you can't protect yourself that's a very dangerous situation so it you know when you're watching the fight it didn't look that bad it, it was a weird stoppage in the fact that he wasn't you know usually in boxing the guys up against the corner just getting uh, flurried and then a towel comes in or the ref comes in stops the fight it wasn't like that type of stoppage it was just you know he breland knew that Wilder was in trouble. He knew that he wasn't himself. Absolutely, and it, it's really was it was really shitty because the first thing, and I'm sure in every pay per view household in the country, and probably live, the guys that you know, guys and girls that, of the spectating live audience that didn't have a view or an angle to see Breland do what he did. That ref took some heat. Like, I'm like, what are you doing? hundred percent. Because I didn't see the towel come in. Right. Because it didn't come in in view of, I don't even think it, it didn't pass the camera. Right. It, it went to the right of the camera I view. I missed it too, yeah. So, but that, that brings up a point of these guys, you said they're giants. This ref's 5'5". Five five. Right. Like, who should have been ref in that fight? You know who should have been ref in that fight. Jay Nady. Jay Nady should Absolutely. have. We were saying it the whole night. He should night. do the whole, all heavyweight. He's all the only heavyweight. one that controlled the heavyweights. He can control them all. Why Why didn't he? You made a great point. I, I don't know, you know, sitting there watching that, you know, watching the pay-per-view, that his eardrum's been burst, and he doesn't have any You could see blood coming out of his ear in between the third and fourth round. The five five official might not have ever because you that. you make a good he he can't look up and see that far or you know you got blood all over your face it's hard to tell it's gushing from your ear but in between rounds as a viewer on TV you could easily see that and I think so. I and I and I, again like there was some quotes after the fact after he went to the ER after Wilder went into the emergency room that there was just a cut in his ear and that it wasn't an eardrum problem. And oh, that, so I hadn't read well, that. Well, I, I read that, and I I probably should be more studied on this and study up on it as far as knowing, but I don't know for a fact, sitting here today, if it was well, a bursted eardrum. But even if it wasn't... His equilibrium. Even was, if it yeah. wasn't, something was wrong with with the way he was fighting. He wasn't getting off. Oh, yeah. He wasn't throwing the... You watched the, fir, the previous... Two fights. How many fights did he have in between the last Fury fight? One or two? I think two. Yeah, and he just two. demolishes oh. dudes. He hits them. If he hits you with that right hand, it's over. It's over. And over. he, and, but he never even came close to landing one. And every time that he threw the right, it was wound up haymaker. And 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 Fury was like, I see it coming a mile away. The only thing that messed me up is the odds were about even, so I couldn't make any money on the fight. But I knew that Fury was going to win. And I'm not saying that I'm Nostradamus or some boxing genius, anything like that. The only reason why I felt Fury was going to win is because nobody on God's green earth has ever done that. And I mean, walk through Wilder's right hand. And when he hit him with one in the first fight, it was one of the best right hands he's ever thrown in his life. And Fury got up. He got up. And he got up and he had to fight for three more rounds. And a, and a guy like Wilder, and I, you know how much I love Tyson. I love Tyson as much as you do. But at the end of the day, when you smoke somebody like that and you're just used to people going away when you touch them with their power... And then they finally don't. It, it's just mentally hard to overcome. Do you think that you ever know, happened to Tyson? I bet you. It did I think in, it I, did. I think it did I, in Bone Crusher Smith. Yeah, I, which I, I think that was a decision, right? It was. That was, was yeah. That was a decision. And then, um, you know, obviously with his Evander fights and Lennox Lewis fights, obviously that was a little later on in his career than we would have liked him to yeah, have been. Should have never happened. But still, you could see that 
especially in the Holyfield fight, you know, particularly when he bites his ear, he's just so frustrated that he won't go away because he flushes him with some shots in that fight. Big and he shot. flushes him yeah, with, he his, goes, why isn't this guy going away? You know, even he just with gets his, frustrated. Even with his, you know, his signature right to the body and uh-huh. then the uppercut when the guy's trying to get his ribs unbroken. He hits him with all that. And he does it. And Evander's taking it. And I just, I just have so many different views of Tyson. Like, you want to say he would smoke fury. I don't know for sure that he would. All I know is that during that realm of this, of him coming up. And if you watch the amateur videos through his first few pro fights, oh. and then when he gets the belt and then as he establishes, you know, undisputed champion with all of the belts, everything leading up to the demise of him with Don King and the money and the management and the losing it and the rape and the Buster Douglas in Japan and drinking sake the night before the fight. And none of all of that stuff. I try to like, it's there. You got to understand it's there. That part of his career is there. I try to just look at the part of the boxing talent that it was. Oh, you have I don't to. know if anybody could beat him in those years of 86 to 90 before the Douglas fight. I just don't know. I don't think there's any way. I think, you know, we, we got to see, what he would do against Ali, because I, you know, I think he's a better version of Frazier than Frazier, but you know, pretty close. And uh, you know, Muhammad Ali struggled with Frazier. I think Tyson hits harder than Frazier, and I think he's quicker. And he's definitely bigger. Um, so that would be, I, th- I think, a tough matchup for Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Uh, we we got to see him fight some of the other greatest heavyweights of all time. Who? You know, whether it was Sonny Liston or. Um, you're talking I'm about just, Ali or Tyson? Tyson. He didn't fight. I, I'm just, I mean, uh, Ali. I mean, you, you get to see uh, through Joe Frazier some of those fights, and you you know you, you you go wow this you know I think I think Joe Joe Frazier. You look at Joe Frazier, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson just a better version of of Joe Frazier. So. How old is Fury? He is he's he's getting up there. I think he's 36 or 35. How old was Larry Holmes when he fought Mike Tyson? 40. Okay, so that there's not there's was... not that much age difference. Okay, my point is this. Larry Holmes was a badass heavyweight fighter and champion. Oh, boy. He, maybe the greatest jab in heavyweight he, history. He would jab people, and he couldn't. Tyson knocked him out in the fourth round, and he never got up. That, should never, that fight should never have been sanctioned. Never have been sanctioned. That but my point is, is that would Fury and would these guys that are at that age, at that age of 36, 37, they're experiencing some success right now. Well, Tyson did it when he was 18. Oh, he was the heavyweight crazy. at night. He was that's, the heavyweight undefeated champion of the world at 19 or 20 that part's nuts and then people are like well he you know he went off the deep and i'm like could you imagine going from catskills new york and the young days of the amateur and cuss and all of the things that went on with damato and then all of a sudden being in a mansion with four bentleys and three tigers i talk about that before but I, i look at it like i i'm referring back to this fury deal with 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 wilder is when they brought him into the ring that night Okay, when they brought Tyson and Holyfield and Lewis, was it those three or no, was there one more? There was uh, definitely those. I thought that was it, yeah. I, I was like looking at him going, both of those guys embarrassed Mike Tyson. Yeah, that's Embar- exactly what embarrassed I was him. <laughs> And the crowd in that place oh, lost their mind when they close. announced Mike Tyson. Oh, everyone when knows he walks who the real in. champ is. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is like, right. it's almost like those fights were fake. And I don't know, like somebody like Rogan, who's a very good, knowledgeable guy on fighting, or somebody like Max, or somebody that that, that studies boxing, Lampley, or somebody. What would they say? What would they say if you sat down a real, true, quote unquote, boxing genius or boxing analyst? What would they say of those guys are in there? Lewis had an unbelievable heavyweight career. 
Holyfield was light heavyweight and heavyweight and an Olympian and cruiserweight. He, yeah. Cruiserweight. He did a great. He's an unbelievable champ. But what do people think when they see Mike Tyson with a tattoo over his left eye, knowing what he went through? Do you think that a, a, a real life boxing guy that n- understands the sport and the game way more than I do would go? he would eat those guys alive in his prime. I or- know Max would and, and Rogan would. I don't know if, if Merchant would. Merchant's a little bit more old school. But the, the exciting thing about it is it's it's awesome that we're even talking about this. And the reason why we're talking about it is because Fury and Wilder. And we, I think if I would have asked you a month ago, who's the baddest man in the world? As, as far as, well, I know, but it's, it's weird these days because of the UFC, right? It's yeah. not like when we were growing up, you knew who the baddest man in the world was is a simple answer. Whoever the heavyweight champion was, we always knew who the heavyweight champion was. It was a big deal to us. Everybody in the world knew who the heavyweight champion was, right? Yeah. I don't think anybody, everybody in the world's known who the heavyweight champion was for 20 years. You know, there's been a, a pause in it. And now after this Fury Wilder fight, I feel like we have, Finally, you saw they signed for part three. Yeah, it's great. And, it's, it, and they're making it, they're making pretty good money. Twenty five million piece. And now he gets a 60, 40 cut of the purse. What Fury does for because that was the agreement. Right. If they will each won one or if they went to part three, not whoever had won one. Gypsy King. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not interrupting you. But what I'm saying is that it, is it is it significant, though, that I just said McGregor? That you went, who's the best man? Because based on his last fight against Cowboy, which Cowboy's a stud, he looked like not a stud in that fight. He he wore shoulder presses. Um, he McGregor was throwing shoulders and broke his nose, knocked his equilibrium out, then hit him with a, a left leg kick, I believe it was, the side of his head. I, Cowboy is way tougher than he showed that night. So then I automatically go, McGregor's bad. But McGregor got his ass handed to him by Khabib. And is Khabib the... I, it's well, almost like there's so many fights and there's so much content out there to ingest and digest as a fight fan. Who who who's the best fighter in the UFC right now? You used well, to you used to be able to say there you know it was GSP or right. it was Matt yep, Hughes at right. one time, you know yep. or it was Liddell in his heyday. Yep. Who, but who is it? There is so many badasses that have come out of the woodworks. Female too. How about this Israel? fight? This fight on Saturday night. This oh. Chinese girl. Oh, she's incredible, dude. She is. Uh, that's going to be a, uh, and I don't even really get into female fights, and I. It's almost like I don't. It's just I don't want to see girls beat this, sh- but dude, these female fights in oh, UFC are entertaining great. as hell. Oh, dude. it's going to be great. But you know what I mean? But Who the is thing, the best? Oh, I'm man? so excited for this next year because it, you know, Connor McGregor. You mentioned him is a totally different guy now. Wouldn't you agree? I the, that's why I had, think I like him now, oh, and I'm not saying Lord, that I he, never didn't like him. He he is he humbled a little bit, and he's he a father apologized now? to all of his coaches about the about the run up to the Khabib fight. Um, he, he's totally come clean. And I think people, you touched on it, you know, just because he destroyed Cerrone like that doesn't, you know, what, wait until Cerrone's next fight and he goes out there and destroys somebody else. You know, it's not like Cerrone had a bad night. Connor created a nightmare for him. Yeah. You know, that fight was over. It was over it before was the just, weigh-in. He was too strong, too fast, too, too much moxie, him, too everything. I mean. he just Well, no, he stunned him with that first shoulder. I'm I mean, talking it was, about leading it was into an it. Attack. Cowboy was it, like, I'm just happy to be here. Well, like, you're right that about that, too. Well, Connor always destroys you mentally before the fight. The only person he's never done that to is Khabib. I've never you seen know, Connor he, McGregor he, look the way he looked, though, in the way. Oh, my Lord. Dude, his quads were freaking heavyweight quads. I'd like to. I'd 
like that to be his last fight at 170. I don't care how good he looked. I, I really would like to see the rest of his fights be at 55. You want I, him to go down? Oh, absolutely. I think with his new uh, vigor for training and his, and his, you know, him relooking at what he did before the Khabib fight and really apologizing to all his trainers and apologizing to the fight game and everything else, I cannot wait to see a re-energized and refocused Connor against Khabib. Because, you know, you and I know Connor more than anything. I mean, for that guy, he... He obviously does not have to work a day in his life, no matter what. No, he's happens. worth like he's worth like a quarter of a billion. Yeah, I mean it'll it'll be a billion here quickly because that you know proper proper twelve is killing it with it, isn't fine. he? Yeah, and then this new rebound. I mean, I think he gets a quite a percentage off every uh, sale of that new Reebok shoe. So I saw that too. That's. I mean, it's just it's just incredible. But to still have the um, hunger that you need after all that is. I imagine incredibly, incredibly difficult. So the fact that he is recommitted himself, and I, I think it's almost one of those things where he knows the financial side of things are done, that part of life checked off. Now the only thing he has to do is fight for his legacy, you know, which is a beautiful thing. I can't wait back to sit and watch. Do you it. think that he fights Mayweather again? Did you see? Did you see? Floyd? Did you hear Khabib's uh, contract to Mayweather? I just saw uh, Dana White get interviewed about it this morning in the streets of Los Angeles. So uh, Khabib wants to go 11 rounds, boxing rolls, fifth round, or uh, excuse me, 12th round, five round, MMA round. <laughs> Mayweather would never, but Mayweather would beat him in way less than 11 rounds. Well, all you'd have to do is survive for 11. So if you survive till that 11th round and the 12th round starts, Mayweather's done. Yeah, but that he would never take that fight. <laughs> no, of course well, not. Well, he might. It's just an interesting I wonder proposition. If he would, because I don't know if Khabib could get 11 rounds. I don't think he could uh, hang 11 rounds with Floyd. I don't think there's any way. McGregor I mean, went nine or eight and got knocked out in the ninth. I think Floyd carried him. I mean, I think Floyd. See, you're the is, only one that agrees with me on that. Most people. You know, it's Floyd is a charade. Who did I talk to last about it? Was it Uriah or somebody was like, oh, no, no. He was he was he was hanging in that fight. He hit a, maybe it was Gilbert. It was Joey Gilbert. No. He always wants to play the devil's advocate. He's like, oh, no, Mayweather. Mayweather didn't carry him in that fight. I'm like, he could have ended it in two rounds. if he, oh, he's, to. he probably has only he's probably only seen the broadcast once. I've watched it four times. All you have to do is, is listen to the Mayweather corner. It's brutal. I mean, they're laughing and going back and forth after the first round, which or second round. I thought that was Connor's best round, wasn't it? Second round yeah, or was the fourth round? Uh, second round. I thought that was Connor's best round. When I watched it for the third time, I'm finally listening to everything because you know the first two times I'm watching it, I'm just trying to figure. So after that round, they're both laughing in the corner, like no concern whatsoever. And that was by far Who Connor's was? Mayweather uh, and his dad, Floyd and Floyd Senior. Yeah. So it was, you know, they put him away when they wanted to put him away. The round that they put him away, it was basically like, all right, let's go to work. And then boom, boom, boom. I mean, it was. Do you think the same thing would happen if he fought McGregor again, boxing? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's two different worlds. It's, it's like saying, well, this gal can really pitch. Uh, she's a good softball pitcher. You know, let's see if she, how she does overhand for the Astros. So yeah. Astros is a bad example. They'd probably <laughs> they, teach her a way to do it. They would cheat her. <laughs> cheat her way. <laughs> cheat her way. But, um, you know, it's just, it's two different things. It's two completely different worlds. I mean, you yeah. saw in that fight how quickly it would have been over if it was a real fight. Because Connor, uh, Connor's natural instincts or the instincts are, you know, he's trained for all his life. He kept on going around the back of him. And that's all. He goes around back of him once and guillotine. I mean, you know, that fight is over in 30 seconds. Just you can see it as they're boxing. You know, as soon as he takes his back, it would have been over. But, you know, it's just uh, 
I hope they never do that again. So you're saying that um, if Connor fights at 155 though against Khabib again, that you would think your money would be on McGregor? Khabib is a different animal. Because he beat Ferguson soundly, he, even though Tony. Ferguson I think you did. know what is interesting. Ferguson is a way better matchup for Khabib than Connor. Ferguson, it, it's going to be interesting. Why to me. you say that? Because of his Just hands. Just because he's so much longer. And have um, you seen the last five? To, have you seen the picture they posted of his last five opponents' faces after the fight? Ferguson. Yeah. Yeah. Did no, you he, see that with no, Cowboy in the, in the previous I'll look four? That up. He look busts it up. people up though. Oh, and the thing about him, he's incredibly. And, I, and this is stupid to say when you're talking about Khabib, because nobody's incredibly difficult to take down for Khabib. But Ferguson has got some serious takedown defense, and just the way his body is. His, you know how long he is. It's uh, if Khabib can't get him down, he's in trouble. We both know that. So you know, I don't think Khabib's going to have trouble getting him down. It's just that can Ferguson wear that? You know those those moments in the fight when um, Khabib normally uh, you know wears other opponents out. Does he have the stamina to fight through that? Get back on his feet and land something of significance because. On their feet, you know, uh, to me, on their feet is as big as disadvantage as it is off their feet. You know, the the advantage obviously goes to Ferguson on their feet as much as that advantage. So you don't think to, that Khabib can get inside of him, and you because he's got good hands too. He you don't d- think he underrated can get hands, way underrated. very underrated. But but Ferguson is ready for that. You know, like I thought Connor was going to get starched by uh, Khabib, and he almost did with that left hook. Like I'm going for the double leg, and then he throws that big left hook. He did hit him with that, but he. I, I thought for a while watching Connor Khabib, I I looked over at my brother. I said, Connor's going to get knocked out. He's not going to get choked out. He's going to get knocked out. And he almost did. Do you think that he, that the mindset of Khabib in his corner that night of the first McGregor fight after all the drama happened in New York was put him away fast and McGregor surprised him? Or do you think they wanted to toy with him too and just keep taking him down and and, and embarrassing him? There's no toying in UFC. You know what I mean? They, he, he put him away as soon as if he could have put him away. Did he go four rounds? Oh yeah. And if, if he could have put him away, like Connor put away Cerrone, that's exactly what would have, what would have happened. You know, um, it, I think Khabib Connor two will be one of the most legendary fights you don't have to say UFC. You don't have to say mixed martial arts, period. End of, I mean, it's going to be a war. You know, it, it's those two camps. You've got Russia, Ireland, um, all the bad blood, all the things they have on tape on the bad blood. I mean, it's it's going to be something. It's it's going to be uh, – there was enough fight or enough hype for the first fight. I can't imagine the second one. I'm excited for it. Interestingly enough, that, that interview this morning um, in L.A. with uh, Dana – they're asking him what's going on with Khabib, the Khabib Connor rematch, and you know Khabib doesn't want to rematch Connor. He thinks he needs to work his way up through the ranks and stuff. Dana White says, "Listen, I don't know if Connor's going to fight again before Khabib, but I'll tell you this: if Khabib beats Ferguson, it's Khabib McGregor. I don't care what he Khabib wants. Oh yeah, of course. I mean that's going to be huge. I mean Khabib can't dictate that Connor has to do that. And and after his last performance against Cerrone, you know." That kind of variety. I mean, Connor looked brilliant. It was a whole new Connor. So I can't wait. I can't wait. I think that Ferguson destroys McGregor at at one fifty fives or or wherever they fought at. And I think that Khabib destroys them both. I uh, really think that Ferguson I don't think he, I take that back. I don't know if Khabib will destroy Ferguson, but I think that Khabib is going to 
get him down on the ground. And you, I don't think that we've seen a full Khabib fight in a while. If you look at some of his older fights and the way that he can ride people and the way that he gets his submission game, I think that Ferguson is going to get smoked by him. But I think Ferguson against Connor. Is I think I just think his boxing on Connor. Oh, I've is, never liked that matchup. Really? I've never liked Ferguson and McGregor. I've always been Why? afraid because of a, Ferguson because I love Connor. You know, yeah, I, no, I, I, that's I just, always been a bad matchup for Connor. His height, you know, he's as tall as uh, Diaz, and, and Diaz. he's a lot thicker and just hits a lot harder. Like you're saying, his kicks. He's nasty. I know, and I just don't know why I have this mindset that Khabib smokes him. I just don't. I I can't take it. his wrestling is amazing. His wrestling is on a different level of uh, a lot of people that I've, you know, in the UFC today, in my opinion. I mean, there are stu- there's a ton of great wrestlers, but Khabib has extraordinary, superb takedowns, takedown oh. defense, his riding. St- he'll ride you for five minutes. He's just got that monkey strength. Yeah. And I mean, he's just, yeah, he's just a different, different type of wrestler. I mean, beyond world class. I mean, it's, you know. What about incredible. today's fighters from 155 to 170? Mm against the Liddell's which Liddell fought at, at 185 so 185, but Matt yeah. Hughes was 70s yeah and Sarah and GSP what does GSP do against McGregor in GSP's prime when he was on his tear before Sarah beat him and kind of mixed things up that was a weird fight too I couldn't believe and Matt that just shows you Matt Sarah's got that New York attitude you know he's oh, mouthy yeah. Oh, yeah. but he's freaking smart his ring generalmanship yeah. is awesome and he beat GSP that is a resume right there oh, like, that's amazing but do you think that those guys back in the day could they fight with today's fighters or has it evolved so much with the training that these guys are on a different level than Matt Hughes was. I would hope that those guys, those old school guys, would understand and realize that they're every bit as tough as this the guys now, obviously. But this, like you just alluded to, the training's on a whole, whole different level. I mean, they don't have, you know, I, I would love to know, you know, you, you know Matt, and I'm sure Matt Hughes' training regimen back in the day. I mean, he was just a good wrestler, and he was, you know, had that monkey strength like I just alluded to, just such a strong guy for his yeah. weight class great wrestler, world-class wrestler, and, you know, could punch a little bit, you know, but now these guys, you know, that's, first of all, those guys weren't making enough money, some, you know, when, if, especially when they first started out to do it for a living. So, you know, they're going to, to, to a job and then they're doing MMA stuff maybe after work. These guys, these days, obviously it's their whole life. You know, they go to boxing class in the morning, wrestling classes, jujitsu class, you know, they've got their whole day is around fighting. They've got, a coach in each one of those individual disciplines. You know, I'm sure those guys did too, but it's the local boxing coach at the wire. You know, it's not a world-class boxer showing you, that's not your boxing instructor back in the day. Yeah. It's not a world-class wrestler. You know, it's it's whoever, you know, it's it's all those guys from Iowa that you're training with. Um, and you're, you're going to get what you're going to get. Well, yeah, Mil- and I just, I think Militech and all is, you know. I, I mean, think, yeah, like, I think the, the training gyms in MMA, whether it's, whether it's Jackson and, 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 and Pat was a big deal back then. But if you look at, at, at the gyms today from America top team to, to Greg Jackson, and he's in New Mexico with John Jones, yeah. which we're going to talk about him next. Um, I don't know. Like it's like a whole, the culture's different before it was, I think when you would watch Iceman fight and he'd come out in those blue shorts with the flame and, and do his, where he, you know, throw his elbows back and it was awesome. I love watching it, but you never heard about the gym. You never heard about the culture, like right. what you're saying. Yep. You're saying it was more of kind of like Kimbo Slice just comes out the backyard and he's fighting, right? right? These guys were all qualified fighters. They all had, they all had great, they all had great, um, they had great 
wrestling backgrounds, college wrestlers, Olympic wrestlers like Hendo, I'd, I'd still to this day, and I'm biased with Dan Henderson, I'd put him up against any 185, 205 or uh, yeah. ever. Like he just always had a, fi- a puncher's chance, right? And he was a world-class Greco-Roman wrestler. Well, Hendo's different because we've got, we've, you can't, you're asking if the old school guys can compete in this generation. The answer is yes, I guess, because Hendo's done it, right? Yeah. He was with those old school guys. I mean, look at Hendo's career. I mean, he, he literally is, is he, is he still, he's still fighting, right? No, I mean, he's, you know, done, he's done finally. finally. Unbelievable. I mean, he, he fought some of the, it's an interesting, when you, when you, when you ask that question, it's like, oh, well, Bisbing just Hendo's retired name. last year, and Bisbing knocked him into the next generation of like he hit him as hard as you could get hit. Oh, that was so great. Probably landed a, a but there, but but Bisbing had been talking sh- crap to him for the entire season of Ultimate Fighter before that fight. Oh, yeah, that was you know? not good. That's and why he, he got that extra bad. shot. I, I respect Bisbing's career, but God, he just annoyed me the way he could t- the way he talks. I don't oh, know if it's the accent, but I'm, I've never really I respect his career. I mean, he won the title oh, totally. Even though I think Hendo, dude, Hendo knocked him down the first round and the second round in the cool. rematch. I don't know if if Bisbing really won that fight. Some people would argue that. Again, I don't know what Rogan or I haven't heard. I'm sure Rogan analyzed it back in the day, but Hendo beat. He's in the Hall of Fame for one of the greatest fights ever against Shogun. Yeah. And he also was fighting way before UFC bought pride. He was fighting rampage over in Japan. He was doing things to Silverson and the act that silver, silver, the ax murderer back in the day. And then he, and then he was still fighting in 2017, incredible 16 doing, I, I don't know how many professional fights he has, but he, you walk around with him now. And I tell this all the time is like, you've it's all when you're in Vegas with that guy and he says it's worse in Japan. But he's like a, a like a big time celebrity in Japan. But oh, in bet. Vegas, I've never seen anybody react to people the way I see it. You could probably be down there with Elton John walking through his residency at wherever he plays at, and you walk through the Hard Rock with Hendo, and you would ne- he can't do anything. Oh, it's sign awesome. this napkin, take this selfie. Hey, champ, dude, sign. Boom, and he doesn't say no to any of them. And I think that that is showing like what he did, what he was to the sport, no, that's and amazing. what he was to the f- the fight game. And that's why I was so irritated that he never held a title in the UFC when I feel that he beat Bisbing on that second fight and. It just, it's weird that he never had a belt in the UFC to me. It is, absolutely is. It's, um, he definitely won that second fight against Bisbee. It wasn't even close. I mean, it's... It was close because Bisbee did come back, but he got his ass kicked in the first two and a half, three rounds, arguably, in my opinion. If you go back and watch it, Hendo lands some punches on him, and I thought it was over at one time. Is that the, did Bisbee break his, uh, get his nose broke that fight, or is that, was that the Silva fight? Was, was... Did, didn't Hendo break Bisming's nose that fight? Or am I thinking of Anderson Silva? Oh, he messed his face up. I don't yeah, know if yeah, it was yeah. a legit nose broke. It might have been. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you, though. Hendo let's is definitely... Let's, it was all about timing, Let's though. see if he answers my call. He called me earlier. Let's just see if he answers. All about timing. It, it was all about timing. If the UFC would have been popular, you know, when he was younger, he there was no doubt in my mind he would have won a title had he been in the UFC for a longer amount of time. I mean, it's not even close. But he did... Hey, Hendo, I'm, I'm in a podcast with my buddy Scott Chalene. Say hello. Hey, Hendo, how you doing, buddy? Hey, How's it going? Good, man. Big fan. Hey, Hendo. Oh, I appreciate that. Hendo, um, take us through yeah. the, the rematch with Bisbing real quick. Um, it took place in Britain, right? It, yeah, it took place in uh, in his hometown in, in England. So, um, yeah, I... I 
feel like that might have played a part of not getting a decision. <laughs> so, <laughs> so do I. That's for, what I was just saying. We're, we're, we're going over your career on this podcast as far as can the, can the pioneers of MMA um, and guys that did what you did in, in Pride and then your UFC career, which really it, it irritates me about the belt, but like the Matt Hughes's and the GSPs, could GSP – match up with Khabib and could GSP match up with McGregor? Is that a good fight or is the culture of the game changed with the gyms and the training evolved enough to where these guys couldn't hold up? But then me and Scott are like, well, Hendo fought into 2017, 2018 and was winning fights, you know, 20, 25 years into a fight career. What is your opinion on that? Would GSP compete with the Khabibs and the McGregors? I think, I think, Absolutely, uh, prime GSP would would beat Khabib and McGregor. Wow! I think GSP, you know, he's smart enough. I think he would take he absolutely would take McGregor down. Uh, and and Khabib, he's he's more of a takedown guy, and and you know, but GSP is really hard to take down, also. So and his stand ups a lot better. And his and his he he had awesome kicks too right yeah absolutely um so yeah i think i think the the top guys from from the old guard would definitely still compete if not beat all the 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 newer generation fighters that are out there now is one of your biggest regrets in your career not getting the John Jones fight, not getting a rematch, or not getting the um, what had happened with the Jones fight. Well, it it, it, it can't be a regret. I mean, it, it I just got injured and, and had to pull out, and so but it, it definitely bums me out that I wasn't able to uh, fight him for sure. Especially that fight, I was I was the most ready for and out of any fight ever, I was in the best shape of my life for that fight and was putting up better numbers on, on all my cardio stuff and all my cross training stuff than I ever have. And, and, uh, had plenty of tall guys for sparring partners that I was beating up. So I was, I mean, I was more than ready to go and it just bums me out that I wasn't able to, uh, to have that fight. Okay. So, I'm going to let you go after these last two deals. One, did he win that last fight in that decision that he, that split decision that he just won? Did you agree with it? Did you watch the fight? Yeah, I did watch it. And I was watching it on the phone because I was at a charity event, but I didn't hear any of the commentating and I, and I gave, and, and the other guy trains at my gym. Um, and I was sparring with him before, his, you know, like one day a week for his last two, three training camps. And, and, I gave him the first two rounds and I gave Jones the last three rounds. Just like, just like they said. Okay. Uh, la- so I, I do agree with it, but it was, you know, it was close, but I felt like he needed to do more to win, win, win one more round. He just needed a little bit more. Especially to take the title. Right. So have you talked to him since the, the, the fight? Yeah. Yeah. And I told him that. I just, I, you know, I felt like, uh, he just 
you know, didn't quite do enough. Okay, so I'm going to end it like this. So it's in it's in Bisbing's hometown. You flattened him, hit him with the with the the right hand with the the H bomb in the first fight, knocked him out, landed. Which I, I I should have the picture in here. I had it in here yesterday of him flying through the air on that when Bisbing's all ready down. But you get over there. It's for the belt. The first round, you knock him down, right? The second round, you knock him down. What? Why was the decision? I understand the bias in it, but is there a part of you that says, yeah, he just like you just told me in that John Jones fight, could he have won three out of the five rounds? Uh, I mean, I didn't think so at all. I mean, it's, I thought that... It's hard to do that when you don't take I a step sure forward. the first two, and the third round was close. I took him down in the... I think in the fourth and the fifth, um, he kicked me in the balls in the fourth. Um, you know, I, I would think at the very best for him, it should have been a, a draw at most. I mean, if, if he did give him three rounds, a ten. I mean, all the judges are giving ten. They've changed their scoring since that fight, so they're, they're really grading a little bit quite a bit more on, on damage and, and given a lot more 10-8 rounds and, and I almost finished them in two different rounds and, and you know all he did to me was touch me more did he did, uh, did yeah. you break his nose uh no I don't think I broke I don't know maybe but I think I broke his face <laughs> I thought you were all over him it looked to me I bet you if, the, if that knee uh, would have been the other way around and you would have, it, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you would have uh, looked for a disqualification because you're all over him. But it was admirable of you, you know, to, to, I don't think he would have continued like you did. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He just, it just blows me out that that had to be, you know, that was my last fight and it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Okay, I got two, I got just two questions for you before we leave. I just want one word answers. If, if Khabib fights McGregor again, like Dana White talked about this morning, assuming that Khabib beats Ferguson. Okay, that's the first question. Does Khabib beat Ferguson? Um, that one is a, a good one, but I, I, I would say, yeah, he does. Okay, and if they go part two of Ferguson McGregor, or, uh, Khabib McGregor, is it, a, is it a guaranteed for Khabib because of the first fight or were you impressed with the way McGregor came out against Cerrone a couple weeks ago and do you think McGregor has a fighter's chance which obviously does but in Hendo's opinion does McGregor beat Khabib well Khabib beats McGregor again and but uh, McGregor didn't didn't beat Cowboy Cowboy didn't show up for the fight so yeah that's what I just told Scotty Okay, I, 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 it's, it's escaping me right now. Who is the main event this, this Saturday with the, the two Romero girls? Romero and Israel. Oh, Romero. Who, does Stylebender beat Romero this Saturday? Uh, I would, if I was going to bet, I'd say, yeah. And, you know, uh, Romero definitely needs, he, he, he's capable and he has the tools to do it, but he, he seems to have forgotten that he's a wrestler. And uh, I think if he pressures him and stays in tight and, and wrestles with him a little bit, he could absolutely, he should absolutely win. But he never does that, and he's going to get beat up from the outside. All right. Well, thank you for answering my call. After I get out of this podcast, I'll call you um, uh, regarding the restaurant, and I have um, 
I want to talk to you about coming up here and, and, and podcasting in the new studio. I think you really like, I need to get a picture of you in this studio. I brought your shorts and your UFC gloves signed in here yesterday with the Bisbing picture and, and I put it up on my shelf and I'm like, I'm keeping it right there. And then my, the guy that produces the show, Tom Rashashin said that until Hendo comes up here and proves himself and can fight Tom, um, we're not putting your shorts in the studio. Yeah, well, tell him to quit, uh, quit looking at my short set. <laughs> he's going to stain them. <laughs> All right, Hendo, I'll call you in a little bit. Thank you. All right. <laughs> oh, that was tremendous. How cool is that? Like, he, he, he always has a good idea of a pretty fair outlook on fights. Like he always, he doesn't just like, if you asked him, do you like McGregor? He can't stand McGregor. And I think it's that old school mentality of you don't need to talk to that. But then you can't argue the fact that that got McGregor a hundred million dollar fight with Mayweather. And it's got him worth a lot of money, which Hando's worth money, but he's not worth McGregor money, but he doesn't like that mental, that fighting style, that, that, that pre up talk and talk a bunch of smack style. Yeah. Henderson doesn't have that personality. You know, obviously he doesn't have the same personality as Connor, as far as, you know, if they, if, even if they weren't fighters, they have two different personalities. Right. But you can see one of the, one of the funniest things I've seen is Connor's first fight when he's out there wearing swim trunks, you know, and he's in, in a boxing ring in, uh, I think the fight was in Dublin, whatever. He knocks the kid out in the first round. And as soon as he knocks him out, he starts going absolutely nut Connor style, jumping around the ring, carrying on, throwing his gloves, throws his mouthpiece into the, uh, into the crowd. And I'm sure you've seen it before on the Connor documentaries, coach comes up to him and says, listen, there won't be any of that. You know, if, if that's how you're going to act, that's a, that'll be your last fight, lad. You know, like, that's not how we act in my gym. And um, obviously, Connor didn't, didn't learn a lesson that day. But it's one of those things. The fight game, you know, it's, it's, it's strange because there's a lot of big personalities in the fight game, right? Yeah. Whether it's Muhammad Ali, Connor McGregor, whoever you're talking about, Floyd Mayweather. But at the end of the day, there is way more guys like Hendo in the fight world than those outlandish guys. And those outlandish guys are doing it for one reason. And you've already alluded to it. You know, Floyd is, Floyd is, is brilliant. If you ask me, you know, Floyd had two nicknames. People forget he was Floyd sugar Mayweather for a long time. He didn't make any money and he was, everybody's all American. He's a kid from the gold gold, uh, you know, kid from the Olympic team. And, you know, uh, you know, he, he made zero money guys that weight don't make any money guy. Nobody wants to watch guys that weight fight. So then he became Money Mayweather, started turning into everybody's worst nightmare. Looked like Apollo Creed coming and, out in Rocky Yeah, and, and he's my favorite. You know, as you know, he's one of my favorite fighters because he's such a good fighter, maybe the best defensive fighter in the history of boxing. But I have to admit, when he changed his name from Sugar to Money, why did I buy his pay-per-views? To watch him get killed. Yeah. Why do people? Why do most people turn into Connor's pay-per-view? To watch him get killed. Yeah. You know, those guys in all In the mindset's always like, how does... Uh, a, a mouth like that or an attitude or a personality outlandish as you call it like McGregor. He is very boisterous. He's very arrogant and cocky. And he's, I know that he's a, a humble man and he's a man of family and he really looks after his own. You can tell that. In, in oh, Connor. for sure. He sells a fight yeah. like Don King would sell a fight with, 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 with what he did in the boxing game. There is something though, is like in my mind, I'm like, I wonder if like when they do get their ass whipped, like he did against Khabib, 
that's why he took so much time off in my opinion is that he's like, wow, I ran my mouth and ran my mouth and threw this fence, threw this bus and did this and jumped out of there, did all this stuff. Right. And then it's almost like he checked himself after that. Oh yeah. It's almost like enough was enough. I don't remember how he reacted in Diaz part two. I don't think he acted real bad because Diaz had already choked him out and embarrassed him in the first one. In the part two, which Diaz is a weird guy because he always looks like he's losing a fight. Always because he's always bloody, always right? Busted he's always busted up because he's yeah. scar tissue. Like yeah. his last fight when they called it or what happened? They called he, it. His, right? they, they had to though. His it, eye was going to. It was going to come you know, out of yeah, that. He, he should, the, I don't know if he could fight anymore unless they let him wear a mask. But what? But yeah, I don't. I, it's It sounds now that. And that dude's badass too. He was oh, like a totally. he was like a backyard brawler. Completely. And uh, what's his name? I can't even think of it right now. Nick Diaz. No, Nate Diaz, no, me. the guy that he just oh. lost to. The guy that won the bad MF belt. Oh, George, Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, Masvidal. That dude was a backyard Kim- Kimbo. He was slice. on Kimbo. He was deal. Kimbo's deal, yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so I just think that this, like, you know, throwing the water bottles in the build up to the Diaz fight and all the things that McGregor did, he comes out there and he got smoked in that first fight, choked out. How does that go off? Like, do you ever talk shit again or do you keep doing it? Cause it's working and it's making you the living. Exactly. That it is. But, exactly. but my point, Shaleen, is that fighting is about legacy fighting fighters. Oh, I think Tyson's worth like $2 million now and he's worth 350 at one time. He comes into the ring and his legacy is there. It wasn't like they, because of his boxing prowess, which went to shit after the, the, the Desiree Washington and all, all of right. that thing that went down. Is there some, am I on to something there? It's like box. You can't talk all of that shit and then not back it up. Does it, does it kill you? And McGregor's living proof that it, that it's, that you can come back from it and be the man again. That's why I believe in him. You know what I mean? Because I stopped, I stopped being a Connor doubter a long time ago, but then the Khabib thing happens, right? But like you're saying, think about that for a second. All that introspective that he had and all that, you know, all that time off, and he still comes back and says, Khabib, you're a dead man. I want Khabib right after this fight. You know, it's not like and his legacy is hugely important to him because of his personality and everything else. He literally still in his mind believes. And that's important for a guy like that. You know, um, I think he turns it all off and convinces himself and he has convinced himself it was on him. He didn't do the proper preparation. He didn't, you know, put his heart and soul into it. And so it's almost like it, it's not an excuse but he gives himself an out that when I do it differently this time, the result's going to be different. Because I think he's a madman. What would you do? I mean, literally, he's got a billion dollars the next time he turns around from proper 12 Reebok, everything else he's doing. I, you can't imagine the other business he's involved in, right? And hopefully those are all smart yeah, decisions. His new clothing company. But what for? You want to go after Khabib? Yeah. The dude that, I mean, you're the only guy in the last 10 years that's won a round off him, and it's questionable if you won that round or not. Yeah. We're talking it. about rounds, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and you, instead of going and just having the glorious life, especially after now, how about now? You just knock Cerrone out at 40 seconds, you're, that's the last thing people are going to see from you. You get carried out of the ring. Go do something it's else. It's the fight game, though. Go do something it's else. Different. But he's not, he, his... If you, you know, Connor, if you asked him right now, would you rather have a billion dollars or beat Khabib? He'd say beat Khabib every day and twice on Sunday. That's just how he's wired. He would. Because yeah. he believes also in his heart that he can make another billion dollars doing something else. And he's making you know, he's it. There's no doubt. He, I remember that one of the first interviews you've seen with him in the UFC after he 
or maybe it was right when he was coming into the UFC when he signed his first deal. But he says, oh, I'm yeah. going to be the greatest. I'm, he he believed in himself for a long time. That's how his it, documentary starts is that interview. You know, but I just wonder why, what, you know, obviously you face this. Or even in football, you got a guy like Tom Brady. He's probably the best quarterback of all time. And that he doesn't, he's not real boisterous. He just goes, and, I, and that's probably the Belichick way. Oh, yeah. It's almost though, like when you look at somebody like Hendo and what he did, I wonder if we called McGregor what he would say about Hendo. Like if if you asked Hendo like what the respect level of fighters is, I wonder if McGregor has that utmost respect for fighters. I know he does for the fight game and his legacy, but does he say, oh man, Hendo, I whip his ass in one round and not give Hendo the due respect that somebody like Hendo or Matt Hughes or somebody deserve. And that's where I was going with that whole, I wonder if the fighters of yesterday of the 2004, five, six, seven, when we really started getting into UFC, could they compete now? I wonder if McGregor looks at it like I would do, I would destroy GSP or just part of his mind go and not just saying, you know, to build a fight with GSP to make money. I'm saying wonder if part of McGregor's mind goes, yeah, he really was a talented fighter. I would have to really hone in on my wrestling takedown defense and I'd have to watch leg kicks to the temple. Like, I wonder if he would respect those guys because now it's almost like he doesn't respect any fighter. He right. he gets his ass kicked by Diaz and then comes right back in the next press conference and says, I'm going to kill you. He gets right. beat by Khabib and says, I'm going to come back and I'm going to smoke you. He's selling fights. I get that he's worth a lot of money, but... Is there, is he doing something? Is that his psyche telling him that that's all he's got? Because it, it, it can, he is, you say he believes in himself, but is he really have respect for the other fighters at all? I think he, I think he does. I think he has to, you know, he had any, anybody that's stepped into that octagon, I think he has respect for. Um, and, and that's, that's an interesting question. Like at the end of the road, right. That would be the interesting thing to talk to him about because Hendo made a lot of money fighting. I'm sure Hendo's secure. You know, he's got everything he needs, and he did it the right way. You know, he never disrespected one of his opponents. The opponent that disrespected him for three months or however long that ultimate fighter thing is, uh, every single day got an extra punch, and that's about the, you know, you can never accuse Dan Henderson of bad sportsmanship or anything like that. He's one of the classiest guys to ever play any sport, right? And, and he did it the right way. And, he, and he's just a good dude and a great American, all that. And so he didn't have to compromise any of his values, any of his ethics, any of his morals, and he still came out on top with, lit, with, with less money than he would have if he would have been a total loudmouth asshole, right? You, you, there's, there's no doubt about that. If every, he, he could have sold more fights being some outlandish personality that's not Dan Henderson, but he never got off being Dan Henderson which is an awesome thing. So now his career is done. He, you just talk to him on the phone. He doesn't look back and have any regrets. So that's, that is a man. That's all we want, right? Is to be sitting on, sitting on that front porch swing when you're 80 years old and not have any regrets. It's too late for me, but you know, that, that's all, you know, good for good on Dan Henderson. Now let's take Connor over here with 10 times more money and 10 times more problems, and I hope his marriage and his kids stay together and everything else. But at the end of his career, when he's at where Hendo's at, is how's, what's he gonna look back and say? Is he gonna look back and say, I'm glad that I made this extra $100 million in the fight game for being an asshole because if I was just a plain vanilla fighter, I would have made this amount of money 
and I made a hundred million dollars more because I sold that. I was that I was that good at selling fights. Was it worth it? You know, my fellow fighters. You just heard Dan Henderson. No respect for Connor. None of the fighters do. You know, hardly any of the fighters have respect for Connor. Right. And so, you know, it's I just look at those two guys on their on their front porch swings. I think they're both going to have way different um, thoughts on how they got there. And I I, I would. I, I guarantee you that Connor's going to have some some regrets because, um, you know, Connor's attacked people personally in a big way, you know, and uh, and again, it's to sell the fight, but you don't, you know, he if he's if, a bad son he's of a taking bitch. it. First of all, we both agree that oh, he's, he's a bad son oh, of a bitch. God, he yeah. is an awesome. Are you kidding me? Mixed martial Absolutely. artist. Oh. I I just think that I just don't know like you know, what you're saying is, is there a problem with being that way though? I don't know. Like if, if Dan Henderson's fine with the way he is, is, you know, does Connor want his kid to grow up and see the things that he did to sell these fights? That's a good point. You know, like is, is, is that something that he's proud of the way that he honed his career and established himself and, and presented himself and carried himself in the UFC. And I think that's why you're seeing this new Connor in a way he's still got some of those outbursts, but I think there's a maturing process in things too, right. to where, but not everybody is cut from that Dan Henderson, that Matt Hughes farm boy mentality. Right. Some guys, no, are, Connor are, doesn't. Yeah. Some, some guys are, are, are the Muhammad Ali's and some guys are the, you know, that they, they got to have, there's, there's walkouts now that have, 12 dancers in a, in a live rapper. And I mean, I, I, re- I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, Hendo's come out to live music and it's been Aaron Lewis country boy. Oh, that's and, always and, and it's, and, uh, Matt Hughes come out to Hank Williams jr. Not that I care that it's rap against country music. I'm just saying like Matt, Mike Tyson came out in black boots and a towel like Rocky Marciano and uh-huh. literally destroyed people. Yeah. And then you look at the Carl Weathers walk out against, against Yvonne Drago and he died uh-huh. and you got all this mouth and off time to go to school, boy, ring the bell, all this shit that, that, that Apollo Creed was doing. And Yvonne Drago, granted, he was literally injected with horse hormones and whatever he was taking <laughs> in Moscow, but he destroyed him and killed him and brought tears to Rocky and, uh, and Adrian in everybody's eyes. Right. That's what my whole deal is, is that, does is it worth who are you impressing by walking out like style bender will come out on saturday night with five people in front of him dancing with a courier he's a great dancer yeah but would it be better suited just to come out and not be the showman and just come out and fight what is the difference tyson would come out and just fight right and then you got guys that are coming out now like i said it looks like a circus and it's literally like a i think that bronze bomber was literally like an eight minute ten minute walkout oh it was horrible it was terrible and what about freaking fury he had he had the fake girls carrying him out and he's sitting up in the king's chair and he's none of it made any sense (laughs) now the baddest part about that night was him singing american pie don mcclain did you he, know it he went did, on a little too long. Did you know he serenades his wife after every win or after every fight? He's never lost. That's he does that after every fight. He serenades his wife. Not lost. Every fight he's ever fought, lost. No, 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 no. I'm saying he does it after he does it after every fight because he only does it after wins. But then he's never lost, so he's yeah. done it after every fight. Yeah. He's he uh, he did Don McLean American oh, Pie, and I was unreal. like, that is awesome. Oh, but I just beauty. don't understand. Like, the, where is the where is the mentality? Are you a showboat like Floyd you're saying when he changed his name to money and he started doing all this extravagant shit it's almost like why do you want people to look at an if you follow Floyd on Instagram like I right. do he has a, an obsession with Rolexes and million dollar watches and shit 
Are you trying to show people that you came from a humble background and you worked your way into this lavish lifestyle of private jets to inspire them to be better? Or are you just showing that you are so arrogant that you don't have enough interesting things going on in your life that you have to show your money in every post? Can't you show something that's a little bit more down to earth or, or relevant or that is, uh, has common ground with somebody. Can't you go into a gym in the inner city Detroit and train some kids there and show that part of you? Why is everything wrapped around this showboat? I'm in another, I'm on the Autobahn in a Ferrari. I'm in a private jet over the Adriatic. I'm whatever he's doing. It's always about how much money he's made. And, And Dan Henderson, you look at Dan Henderson and it was always about, or it was, it's 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 respecting the the fight game or respecting the resources like are you bigger than the fight game and you can't argue it because mayweather's worth he's probably been become a multi multi 300 400 million dollar millionaire several times lost it and got it back in one fight i just don't know where you draw the line like how would we be if we were had the chance to make all this money mcgregor's doing because he's boisterous and he's this this you know this loud mouth that get you know that, that is out there or hendo that's happy as hell at 48 with a great life down in san diego and and, and the respect of every mma fan and fighter of all time exactly and i think it's you know it's it's hard for for like a an average guy to to think about that you know because you know, it's intoxicating. Obviously, we're talking about fighters, you know, so that's the most intoxicating thing of all time. And you win a fight or you're the toughest guy in that weight class, toughest guy in the world, however you pound for pound, however you want to think about it. That's, that's every guy's dream, you know, or most guys dream. I mean, that's an intoxicating feeling. It's like, I go out to breakfast with, with these guys every Friday morning. And, you know, sometimes, you know, whether it's Tiger Woods or, you know, whoever it is has indiscretions with their wives and, you know, all, all this, all the, and, you know, guys are going, well, man, that's messed up. You know, I wouldn't cheat and stuff. It's like, well, okay, that's great that you have morals and I have morals too. I, I've never cheated on my wife. I would like to, I would never cheat on my wife. But the problem is this, those guys and their options, a little different than my world. You know what I mean? I don't have the hottest blondes in the world pulling on me 24 seven saying, Hey, Scott, I want to get together with you, you know, this and that. I mean, that, that doesn't happen in my world. Right. So it's one thing to remain faithful. Christy, he still thinks you're hot. Oh, she absolutely (laughs) is. I got a picture of her this morning. It was unbelievable. Um, she was molding my dad's ears. I was just like, man, look at that hot, the hot thing. That's my girl. But you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's easy to pass judgment when, you know, you're not yeah, in that person's shoes. Yeah, it's hard to put yourself in those shoes. When you're not in Tiger Woods' shoes. But Hendo... In, in every, you know, but no, but now you're talking. You know, I mean, it's, it, it's all the same thing because it's all... I don't know, though. It's all in a, that intoxicating, fake... But mistakes you know, are going to be made. I get that part of it. But look at a guy like Hendo. Like I said, he, his, he, 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 he's got a strong enough personality, strong enough will, strong enough willpower, all that, that, that none of that changed him, you know, probably because he was a really tough kid. But he made mistakes. Kid. Well, he's a tough guy his whole life, right? I'm talking about the respect of the game. Right. The respect that, uh, of your peers. Like, do, d- Dan Henderson made mistakes. I'm sure of it. I'm sure that he he did things that where he looks back and went, man, that life's I I've done it in this little lifestyle I have. I've talked to you about it many times. Sure. You the, the mistakes are gonna be made. But 
do you still disrespect your opponent and get personal? Like you said, Connor has, do you go in there and say, I'm going to murder your family, which I believe was one of the quotes, but, but what, but does it go that far because you seriously are crazy or are you a genius that you know that you're going to pad your bank account that much, but you're still going in there and getting, he got destroyed by Khabib. What does that do to your psyche? And does, is it even needed? I understand what you're saying, Shaleen, like, what, how would I react if I'm in Connor's shoes? Right. I come up in Dublin, humble, humble beginnings. I'm in this small gym and now all of a sudden I'm on Dana's private jet, picking out whatever Reebok clothes I want and proper 12 and whiskey, all this stuff. But does that still give you the right? I'm not saying that if you make a mistake and let's say that he went to a strip club one night and his wife caught him just because he got caught up in the lifestyle right. mistake. Hopefully there's some forgiveness there, right. but consistently he throws water bottles at his opponents. He talks about their families. He disrespects their teammates. He talks about personal things to get him. I'm not saying that it's wrong or right. I'm just saying like, why do you have to do that and not just use your talents? I think he's got incredible self-belief, which any good fighter does, obviously. But but mixed in with that, just amount of just amount just a good enough amount of crazy. You know what I mean? I really believe he has such self-belief that he's crazy enough to believe that everything he's doing makes sense now. You know, and like I said, he and you've said too, he's changed quite a bit with these big transgressions with his suspension ever since he came back for the, you know, we, we haven't even talked about the fact that the, the, the reason why he had the Cerrone fight is because he just got back from suspension. You know, that's the only time he could fight. Um, so I, I really do, you know, well, what I'm, happened, I'm, what happened beside the suspension? There was something all else too in a, in a bar. No, he cocked that guy, co-cocked that guy in the bar. Broke his phone, I mean, his phone down Did you ground? see footage of went that? To, yeah. Went to court. Like oh, it was horrible. Some guy just having a beer in the pub. And he, uh, he walked in with the pro- bottle of proper 12, said, hey, everybody have a shot. That guy said, stuff it. And, you know, I cracked him one. It's like, God dang, Connor. I mean. <laughs> but that, that's what I'm saying is that that fight game, it, it, most guys would tell you that if you're an, an MMA fighter or a boxer like that, you never use your hands on somebody like that in public. No. You never go start looking for a fight or starting a fight. Now, even if that guy said, your wife is this and your mom's this. Connor's got to be the bigger man of being again, put yourself in his shoes. Right. Is he showing off? Is he crazy? Is he bringing attention to him? Now he's all over national news and the BBC and he's in the courtroom and he's doing this stuff. But your whole, our whole question right now is when he's sitting on that porch, when he's 75, is that stuff warranted? And it doesn't have to be. There's something, there's, there's something to be said about people that go that extra mile. And we sit here and we're like, well, Tyson's my favorite fighter of all time. He went to prison for rape. Yeah. Did he rape her? Nobody knows. I don't know. I, I would like to believe that it was all a bunch of bullshit. But if you say that in the public, people look at you like, you're an asshole for not having her back. Right. I'm, and I'm such a Mike Tyson fan that I'm like, no, he didn't rape her. She went to his hotel room at two in the morning. Well, that doesn't mean that anything should happen. Right. And you have to say, yeah, you're right. But did he rape her? Did that, did he make the right decisions? He made a lot of bad decisions and I'm sitting here saying, I love Mike Tyson. Absolutely. But I, I'm going to err on the side of judgment. I have a daughter and tell her if the heavyweight champion of the world ever invites you over at two in the morning, you'd skip it. Yeah. You skip <laughs> it and don't just show up in a trench coat, <laughs> especially if it's a heavyweight champion of the world, which that's not I mean, disrespect to girls. I'm just saying no, like, it's, you're it's, not going up there at two in the morning to have tea. No, exactly. I think you're, you're the answer to, you know, when Connor's sitting there on his poor, I think that, 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 
part of the craziness of him will protect him. I think everything he does, he can come somehow justify in his mind. Plus, he has a loud personality to begin with. Do you think he even Super cares? Though? The question is, is does he even oh, care? I don't think so. Does he even care I that Dan think. Henderson doesn't respect him or no, anybody for that all. fact? Not anybody that does, no. he doesn't care, right? No, not at all. He's not over all. in Ireland and he's doing his thing. Yeah, absolutely. No, he's yeah, he's doing. Think it. about what he did. Do you see all of the walks, the Connor walk? What do they call it? Oh, dude, but, there's all these professional athletes and acts. Everybody's doing it. Like it's amazing. He's become like this icon. Did you hear what Tyson said just yesterday? No. He's going to be in town when this weekend. I know, and I've been telling Joey Gilbert, are we going to go hang with Tyson? Like Joey's always knows Tyson. We should call Gilbert right now and go. Are we going? Oh, absolutely. But he said I'll go something with you. You just go? yesterday. Um, you know, who is he talking to? Anyway, he said, "Ever since my boxing career ended, I just feel I feel empty. You know, I feel empty inside." It was just it's a recent quote. I was just reading it this morning for really? some reason. Really? Because he's always said the exact opposite. I know, but he finally, he was talking to a fellow boxer. Who is he talking to? Sugar Ray Leonard or Tommy Hearn? I can't, I can't, I'm getting Was it on his Hotbox or, podcast? It was on, uh, what did I see that on this morning? A tweet or, I just saw it this morning. I should have uh, researched, I didn't know I was going to be talking about it or else I would have paid better attention. But we we've always known that. You know, the fact that he says it out loud now, is, is kind of a good thing. But he, he said something to the fact of, you know, I've always, I was such a tough guy and I'm still a tough guy. And I have, I really struggle keeping that monster in still. Because if I let him out, it would be scary. I was just reading this thing, just going, oh my God. I got God. goosebumps like thinking about him saying that. Shit. Can you imagine? Because, because unfortunately, you There's know, I think never he's never been a heavyweight champion oh ever, like gosh. of any of any weight division. No, I just, I, dude, if you watch his walkout back in the day with with when he comes out with Rooney, oh. and you're just like, God, dude, look at this. It's so raw. Oh, it's, it's so unchoreographed and raw. Like there's, ne there'll never be another 19 year old undisputed heavyweight champion in the world. Well, like you'll 20. never, you'll never see another, another no. world heavyweight championship bout, or at least I can name at least five or six of them where the opponent, their bottom lip is literally quivering and they won't, they won't make eye contact. Never. Like and he's whether it's Pinklin Thomas or like Pinklin Thomas is is that if he moved to Reno would be the toughest dude in Reno. Yeah. You know, I mean, Pinklin Thomas is nothing to, you know, all those people None that of he them made. All, you know, he made, we're, we're at home laughing at him. Like, look, he made his bottom lip quiver. It's like, that's pink. That guy can whip everybody's ass oh, yeah. anywhere what did, other I mean, than Tyson. Do you remember the buildup to Spinks? Oh yeah, dude! Yeah. Everybody, everybody thought he had a fighting chance, and and well, Spinks is undefeated. He was People undefeated. That. Ninety-one seconds, he was in the crowd. He People knocked him that. into the crowd almost. People forget how you know Spinks was tall. He can move. And, but my point, my, I didn't, I didn't finish light. what I was saying. If you go back and watch the face-off in the middle of the ring, oh my beginning, gosh. I, I honestly think oh, he shit his pants. It he was, was pissing over. his pants. No, he had white trunks on. Sweet, you know, that <laughs> was, was a bad dude. It bad was, idea, bad night for white trunks. But he. You're absolutely right. That fight, you could feel, you could cut that with a knife. Uh, even watching it on TV, you're just like this. I, I was shocked at last 91 seconds. So are you. You know, I mean, it's just like, wow, this this fight's over. Oh, and yeah. That's how like they all you, were. You said it in a podcast Dead man walking. last year about how you just, you never even wanted to go take a piss during a Tyson fight. Or oh, you'd, you you'd be, you'd be a minute that. late for the fight and you'd miss the whole pay-per-view. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I just think that I, I you, you think about Tyson saying that. And, but, you know, for the last 15 years, he's been saying that I regret what I did in the ring and I regret being that monster and I regret doing this. And he's trying to play it all down. But how do you 
not do what he did of going from this lifestyle to this lifestyle to bad management or what Don King did. I still oh, think yes. to this day, he doesn't want to be in the same room as Don King. Oh, there's no way he does. And so I think, I just think that is McGregor formulated and calculated in what he's doing and doesn't give a rat's ass what Khabib or what anybody thinks of him, except the new owners of the UFC in Reebok. You, you talk about endorsement deals. He's the face of companies. Well, oh. he's the face of two companies that he owns. Now he's the face of this Reebok deal. That means that he's got an audience. He makes impressions and gets impressions and gets engagement. But he obviously moves the needle. Oh, he moves the needle. So not there's a lot of fighters out there that are talented, talented bastards that aren't getting those deals. Right. And does his attitude get him those deals because he has become a rock star of the game? And and does he not even care that we're sitting here? I know he doesn't care that we're sitting here discussing it, but does he even care that none of the pioneers or the trailblazers or the guys before him, or even the guys that are in the, in, in the, in the fight game right now in the octagon, do they even, does he even care that they don't respect him at all? Well, you got something going there, but like, you know, like Dana White said the first time he met Connor after he met him and in, in his in his personality and how funny he is and you know i mean he's a hilarious guy and uh he said to himself if this kid can fight at all i'll make a billion dollars off him and so ever since he said that it has been proven connor can fight did did connor talk himself into those first few a little bit quicker than the normal guy would have did he cr- climb the ranks quicker than a normal guy because of his personality, I absolutely believe so. Uh, we're not here to, to we're not here to uh, take part. We're here to take over. You know, I mean, just all his legendary quotes as he was making his rise. Um, there's he's got that it factor that everybody talks about. There's just something about him. You know, there's just there's just something about him that that's that undescribable thing. And so uh, I think he he you know that only goes for your first five fights, right? You, you maybe move up the ranking just a little bit quicker because people are interested in watching you fight. So that that gets you better fights. But then you come to 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 the crossroads of you know it doesn't matter how quick you get the Aldo fight when the Aldo fight lasts 13 seconds, when Aldo's destroyed everybody at 45s for the last 10 years, everybody. Everybody. I mean, he was Khabib-like at 45s. Nobody had won a round off him in 10 years. And you go in there and knock him out in 19 seconds, whatever it was. Then that all that talk really has to stop. You know what I mean? And it's just like, well, that was like the perfect marriage of him talking a lot and backing it up and you know the UFC kind of putting all their money behind it and then him continuing to back it up and so at the end of the day it's a great great question because it's one of those chicken before the egg questions but um if he couldn't fight we wouldn't be talking about it you know what I mean but I it, it, there is on, on the other hand yes he did I think move up quicker than your normal well look at John Jones Johnny we were, we were going to transition into John yeah. Jones he is one of the most gifted fighters of all time, in my opinion, in MMA. He's oh. never lost except the disqualification of Matt Hamill. Right. Some would argue maybe this last decision, but like Hendo said, 3-2 is what I had it. The dude is a stud. Oh. He got a hit and run. He got busted with drugs. He got busted with steroids and, and performance-enhancing drugs. Um, he, he seems to have respect for people. He seems to be, you know, he, he praises the Lord, and, and that's yeah. to each their own. But he seems to have respect for the fight game. But 
his pay-per-view numbers aren't there. No. He doesn't sell out arenas, they say. Um, even though I watch every one of his fights because he's so good. He's so badass and he's so unorthodox and, and does such out of the box moves with his elbows and spinning back fists. And I mean, the shit he does is unbelievable. Oh, it's on. It's incredible. He's and, but such he, a but he doesn't guy. have the, he the doesn't have the money, the money it factor that you're talking about. And he should, he's a good looking dude. His yep. brothers are in the NFL. He came from an athletic family. Yep. His stories there. He's at a great gym with Jackson in New Mexico. Um, and then you look at his social media compared to Connor's and the endorsement deals of he's got compared to Connor's and it's not even on the same level. No, he doesn't. He does. And he would destroy just, Connor McGregor in a fight, even though oh, he's yeah. heavier. Oh yeah. He's heavier. What does he fight at? 205? Well, yeah. He's a 205. He's way yeah, heavier. Way, but you're absolutely right. He's a, as far as, as, as far as get in the octagon, he's 10 times better. I mean, than Connor, he's. Like you said, hasn't ever lost a fight. Could he's be the incredible. best ever. Oh, I don't think there's any question. What's he's twenty five and one. I always say he's twenty six now, twenty seven and oh. He might be twenty six. He's twenty six oh and one. No, yeah, he so got the loss in that. Yeah. He didn't get a no decision. He took no, a disqualification. He, took a, he has a loss on his record to only Matt because of illegal elbows. elbows to Matt Hamill. Matt Hamill couldn't even hear him. But that was <laughs> that's an inside joke. joke. That, that was, was way too soon. We he's been out of the fight game not long enough. Matt yeah. Hamill, we apologize yeah. for that statement. Sorry, I Hamill. liked him on Brian the McQuaid, one of our best buddies ever, has the same. You know, uh, we've been, I love. We've, I love him. I talked yeah. to McQuaid. He just sent me an email of this new business venture. But uh, he's a, he did. He's the best, dude. He is, and he, he absolutely. He, is. Has, he just doesn't. He doesn't have that it factor. You know, like the difference. I always look at it like, um, you know. Some people can move the needle, some can't. You know, like like my wife would pay for Connor to fight. She wants to watch Connor. She has, you know, she watches the John Jones fight. Oh, I, she doesn't even look at the TV. You know, I can't like, argue with her. But you know, I, it's I, like that's just you know, it's just that. Some of whatever his, it is, a lot of that, his fights are Floyd Floyd Mayweather esque. Like he'll go five rounds with somebody when you think he should just be ending it in one or two. Right. He'll go. He, a lot of his last few fights have gone five rounds. His Gustafson, last the last two, yeah. re, the real last time where he showed out was the Gustafson part two, where he came back after the first one, where a lot yeah, of people thought impressive. Gustafson could have been given that decision. Oh, thought, yeah, he yeah. smoked him in part two. That was impressive. It's Very almost impressive. like it's almost like John Jones can't be challenged, and that and mentally he's like, I, I don't really feel challenged, and and I think that this last fight, I think now he's going to have to go into training, going, dude, there's some talented dudes out there that are almost beating me. And well, if he loses one fight, he's probably done I because agree. I don't like we talk about the respect fighters have or your, your peers have for McGregor because of what he's done. This guy has probably no less respect because of and he should have all the respect for his talent. And I'm sure he does. But because of the cheating you know, and the doping and all of the things that he's done when he never had to. Never had to. No, that God. just makes you wonder. You put an asterisk by his career and his win column because he's been busted that many times. And people like I believe Hendo told me that. He should have never been able to come back as fast as he did right. in his return to the octagon. He should have had to sit out for the USADA rules. You, I think he was supposed to sit out three years or something. Yeah, he was because it was a second. T but yeah, he he is. Uh, I mean, it, it's interesting for him because I think he might be done at light heavyweight if he's not after this next fight. He doesn't have a fight plan. He has to go up. But he's got to go up to heavyweight. What if he went? Lord. What if he went down to eighty fives? I don't know if he can. Why? I haven't heard him say anything about that. He's six three. You know, he's a big muscle. Tony guy. Ferguson's six three, isn't he? Yeah, but you know, Jones is built. I mean, gosh dang, like you said, both of his he's brothers amazing. are NFL linemen. You know? So he goes he's, up the heavyweight. Who bone. beats him there? I can't wait. I Cormier? can't wait to see it. Yeah, I can't wait him? to see it. Carmey is so good on is his hands. Is he not done? 
No, Carmier is good. Uh, Carmier, it, it'd be an interesting Carmier heavyweight, but I, Miocic and him uh, at heavyweight would be the real deal. That would With be Jones, because Jones ends yeah. Cormier fast at heavyweight. I agree, yeah. He's, I, all, he's I, I always screwed smooth. up. It wasn't Cormier. I, I thought you were I, I got nothing but huge respect Stipe. for Daniel Cormier. I love him as a wrestler, an Olympian. I love what he's done in the fight game. He's a stud. If he and moves he's a great up, commentator. If he moves up, you owe him the fight with Stipe immediately. If he wants a fluffer for heavyweight, if he wants a fight before the championship, then you give him that. But if he wants to fight the champ, you let him do that. He's, Jones. He's earned that. If Jones wants to jump up to heavyweight, he gets... He's first in line for Stipe. There's a lot of me. big heavyweights. Nagano, Overeen. This Nagano guy hit Overeen one time, and oh I thought broke gosh. his neck in the octagon with that uppercut. But there's even there's other guys like this beast guy. Uh, that, you know, my balls are hot. Yeah, he's got unbelievable hands. Now, Derek it's, Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Like, what else. what happens yeah. when you put somebody heavy like Lewis up against a John Jones? Right. That is that's kind of like the Tyson Fury body against the exactly. against the Wilder body. Like John Jones is felt. He's ripped up and 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 he's stout. But I I just don't know if anybody we just named hands on Stipe are good. Right. Cormier is a world class wrestler, freestyle Olympian. But he's got to f- change how he fights. You know how he likes to grab your hands at uh, light heavyweight, and he likes to. He gets hit with one of those hands from Stipe. But he and he and he, and he doesn't mind taking a punch at light heavyweight because he doesn't. Point. You know what I mean? Like nobody can hurt him. He can beat up both his brothers, and they both play on Sundays, like you said. Yeah. I mean, you know, he he's a tough guy, but like. You cannot fight like that at heavyweight. I don't care a shit who you are. No. You can't grab people's hands. You know how you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. Diaz he's, does. He's different. He's always trying to grab people's hands. Slapping them and shit. And then he he'll wear one to to he'll wear one to land too. Uh-uh. Not only with guys that weigh your same weight. You can't play that game with Stipe. I'll wear one to get inside to land three. You, no, the last thing you'll be thinking is, I okay, I wore the one. Yeah, yeah, you're what, sleeping. What what time's the fight? Yeah, no. So, and, and, and Stipe, and, and I don't remember what the reaction of what Cormier said after the rematch, but he wasn't happy at, with himself at all. Like no. Stipe went in there and did what I thought he was going to do in the first fight. And I again, I, I hate saying that stuff about Cormier because he's one of those fighters that has that quiet career. Right, he was a two time belt holder. Oh yeah, it's, in one in two hundred fives in light heavyweights and heavyweights. Yeah, he is a stud. Oh. He's an Olympic medalist. He's Bronze a stud. Medals, yeah. He's a he's a he's a great person. It seems in that fight, you're in his whole career. You're just like, well, it's just it's there. When he's done it, he's proven it, and you're just kind of like, he's not the guy that you, <laughs> you 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 just don't think that that. And I think it is because of my mental block with Daniel Cormier's career is what John Jones did to him twice. That's the way that I look at his career is like, you're not the best Cormier, you, you, And it's, it's bad to say that because he's the belt holder. He is considered the baddest man in the world at one time at heavyweight champion in the UFC. But D- John Jones destroyed him. He would make him look stupid on a lot of, of, of occasions. So all I'm saying is like, what would happen? Like, would is, well, I'm laughing because I mean, I don't think of Cormier in my top five at all. Until you just, I'm sitting here listening to you talk and I'm breaking, I'm thinking in my head, this guy's lost three fights. He's lost two fights to John Jones and one to Stipe. And one to Stipe. That's All it. title fights. That's it. He lost three fights in his entire MMA career. He's a stud. All title fights. And I don't have him in my top five. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, but I wouldn't even think about him, Chad. Is he even in your top five heavyweights That's funny time? that you say that. Is he even in your top five light heavyweights He wouldn't be, but now that you, I mean, now that you, when you throw the stats out there, he has to be. Yeah. And that's he what I'm saying is you don't even, his career is tarnished point. because John Jones did what he did to him. That's a good and, point. and he manhandled him. No, it's 
And that's how good John Jones is. And he's not even looked at. He's not even the guy that is the face of the UFC. And he is the baddest fighter in the UFC. Khabib's a stud fighter too, but Khabib's, he might be like a John Jones-esque kind of deal to where he's just, or Cormier kind of career. It shows you that, do you want the legacy of, of being the baddest in the world and going home and having your family like Cormier does and a respectful commentary job now and the respect of all these fighters and a great friendship with Rogan and Dana White and all of that? Or do you want the 500 million or a billion in a castle in Ireland with a whiskey being poured down your throat in a flask exactly. or in a, in a, in a, in a, in a freaking, what, is, what do you call those things that you put oil in a car with? I can't even think of it right now. Come on, dude. What are they called? What do you mean, a funnel? Yeah, a funnel. <laughs> if you own a whiskey company, I guess he's got funnels of it. But anyway, I'm saying is like, you, th- you think about John Jones' career, and you're like, he's not even considered the best there. I think he's the best fighter ever in the UFC all around. A lot of people would say Spiders and Silva. Some people say GSP. I think John Jones is freaking unreal. But then you watch his last few fights to where you're like, man, he better get his freaking ass going. He's going five rounds with dudes that he would he would probably admit should not even be in the octagon with him and they're proving themselves well so are they catching him is he not training his heart is he getting too old he's never lost a round until that last fight with the first fight with Gustafson. he might have lost a round right. going into that fight with Gustafson. he's never lost a fight really a, a, a legitimate decision or a knockout or a tko or anything no exactly and he's not the face of the ufc daniel cormier has lost three fights and he's not the face of the ufc yep. Conor mcgregor is the face of the UFC and he's lost to Diaz he's lost to Khabib I don't he's had other losses besides that he but he did what he did to Aldo he did what he did to Mendez which Mendez is a bad son bitch he took oh, that yeah. fight on 10 days I'm, I, I want you to talk I'm just saying like look at Cormier's career look at John Jones career and they're not the face of the UFC well and well and we know why you know Dana we know what Dana White wants right because if you look at it let's say what what happens and I there's about a 99.9% chance of what you think is going to happen is going to happen. And I mean, what I mean by that is Khabib is going to choke out Ferguson. And then Khabib fight, co- fights Connor and chokes him out, right? But you got Everybody's going to watch got, those two fights. You got Ireland Everyone's going to watch. You know, like my wife will be excited. I always say, I, I get every fight. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to my wife. I'm just trying to explain to the audience, casual audience member as far as MMA fights goes, whatever, or like a diehard like me, I'm going to get it no matter what. So I don't count, but uh, my wife would be interested in the Khabib Ferguson fight, right? Interested in the Khabib Connor fight. Okay. He chokes both those guys out and let's say he chokes them out exactly like he choked out, um, Poirier, Poirier or, uh, Poirier. What's uh, uh, just Dustin Poirier. Very boring fight because he takes him down in the first 30 seconds of every round and he grounds and pounds him for three or four rounds and then and then Dustin gives up or whatever you know rightfully so taps him out boring but not for me not for you because we're fans of the sport very boring for 80 percent of the casual fans out there so you look at the UFC and if this is the new Khabib era Dana White is not looking forward to that era I can assure you of that oh. because you know, it's just it's you remember it's the dominant what the crowd looks like when McGregor's in there with it, the Ir- Ireland oh, it's towels. Nuts. It's not in the in the yeah. in the. It's just like it's literally like a like the World Cup soccer yep. meets a Guns and Roses Metallica concert right. meets a redneck freaking you know mud no, bog down in the south. It's like the most nuts. energy you can get. No, it's crazy. It's and, it's and John so, Jones doesn't supply that. Who else does has not. anybody ever have? 
No, Besides no. Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali? No, not that I can think Mayweather of. Mayweather never I mean, even not, did that. No, Mayweather. De La Hoya had a little Mayweather, bit of, like Mayweather had more people there to watch him lose. lose. You know, people would buy the, the deal to, to make which a good Which a good discussion and, in the fight game is, did he lose to De La Hoya? Did he lose some of those fights in that era of the Sugar Shane Mosley and the De La Hoya fights? Because my brother Clint, who's very qualified oh, boxing yeah, big guy, time he is, yeah. loves the fight game, says that he lost some of those fights. He the De La, uh, I think the Sugar Shane Mosley fight's a better argument than the De La Hoya fight. I didn't have a problem I do with too, the but De La he Hoya says no fight. Way. He got he got he. It's as close as he's ever been to getting knocked out. Is easily the Mosley fight. He that he and that fight bothered me from the very get. As soon as he signed it, I went, "Oh, Floyd." Finally, somebody with the same hand speed as you, bud. This could be tough, you know, because that's that's what he has in every fight is yeah. way quicker hand speed, but not that fight. And uh, that one was tough. I'm gonna go rewatch that one tonight. Now you said that, and the De La Hoya, De La Hoya. I've watched De La Hoya uh, Mayweather a couple different times, and for some reason, I didn't have a problem with it. Clint does. What Clint does though is, and I'm I, I totally respect uh, Clint's decision. Is um, and I have a problem with this too. I don't even need to rewatch it because I remember Dale Hoya never takes one step backwards the entire fight. And so, um, you know, I already said earlier, I think Mayweather's the best defensive fighter of all time. But a lot of guys, including me, including me, my brother would be the first one to say, what are you talking about? I I have a hard time giving a fight or, or uh, um, rewarding the guy that's not going forward. You know, I, I have a hard time giving the decision to the guy that's not moving forward the entire fight. Dale Hoya never took one step back and didn't get the win, which I always have a hard time with. I didn't have a hard time with it that night, so I got to rewatch it. Yeah, you have to rewatch but, it. You have to. But Dale Hoya is, yeah, I can see where Clint's coming from. Clint wouldn't be wrong about that at all. No. Because that's what sucks about boxing, right? That's the ultimate, that's the thing that I hate, that, that's the thing I don't like about boxing is at the end of the day, two guys give their heart and soul out and it turns into a figure skating competition, right? Yeah. It turns into a judging type of thing. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a horrible deal. But you can't fix it. You try to fix it in the Olympics by um, having the computer stats. If I put this white part of my glove on that white part of your head, then then that's a um, point. You know, that's a point. That that doesn't work either. No. You know, because if I land three punches against you and you're walking through post holes and you last land a hundred punches, punches on me, I'm winning the fight. Cause you can't, you know, it's just, you can't do it that way either. But, um, here's something you need to watch. I watch these every morning and I tell everybody this all the time. They're like, there's no way it is, but I truly do. I watch Mike Tyson and Kevin Rooney training videos or Mike Tyson, 86 to 90 fights every yeah. morning. I, it might be only one round I get in, but just go do yourself a favor. I'm sure nice. you do it being in the fight game like your family is. I like it. Go watch the old Catskill and Brooklyn gyms. You know, it was probably right after the Tony Atlas drama with Tyson with his daughter and the gun oh, yeah. and, and cuss firing Atlas and Ro Rooney's in. Yeah. And just watch a couple things. Watch the heavy bag, the speed bag, the jump roping, of course. And then watch Rooney wearing a body bag uh, not a body bag but a body shield right. and a body pad system and watching him take punches from tyson and then watch tyson's footwork just slow it down to where you can now on computers watch what he does he literally looks like a jackrabbit yeah. approaching something to where he's hopping so fast and he does this quick little hop to the right and that was where we hit him with that right freaking cross and then you know in the ribs yeah, and come yeah. up and then come up through the freaking with the uppercut and and then finally watch some of his sparring 
to where like they interview some of his sparring partners and they're like, I don't even know why, what I'm doing in here. Like he, he was ruthless. He did not know how to go 80%. He was hurting these dudes. And I just, I just, I did think that what we end this with is there is a discussion, you know, based on what we talked about of the trailblazers, that fight game, the, what was it like back then where you're training in a gym like Tyson trained in, and then you see what Yvonne Drago was training in, in Rocky (laughs) four, which is kind of what people are training in now. That's true. They're wearing oxygen masses and they're doing cryogenics and they're Uh freezing, they're freezing there and they're doing stem cell and they're, they're, that machine they had, they actually have now for the the over the head presses and the neck thing that every, that Joe Rogan and everybody definitely have one of those. The, 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 the the steel neck or whatever it's called. Like they're literally training like Yvonne Drago was training in with robots in Rocky four. And, what what would Tyson do now? Like you look at a Tyson training video, dude, and they are wearing 1988 Clayton middle school bat PE shorts oh, yeah. that didn't even come down past your scrotum. You know what I mean? He's training in this stuff with headbands on. He looks like Richard Simmons and he was the baddest man in the world. In today's fighters, dude, it looks like a, a it's it's there. There's there's none of that. Any, I'm not no. saying that there's training camps that aren't like that. But right. dude, for the most part, these gyms are so state of the art now, and everything evolves. So could those fighters really compete today with the badasses that are in there now? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. You heard it from Hendo. GSP could beat Khabib, and yeah. and he would destroy McGregor. I don't think Hendo likes McGregor. How very amazing much. was that? What, by the way, that he, that the way. Hendo call-in? Oh, yeah. I didn't expect that at all. Hendo, that when he comes up here, we'll go to dinner and just oh, talking to wait. him about one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I'm not going to say any names, but we're we're at Nobu Sushi. I guess that's a name, but we're at Nobu Sushi at the Hard Rock in Vegas t- three years ago. And uh, a guy that wrestled in high school in a tiny bit of like junior college or maybe D2, which they're all studs. Wrestlers are studs. They're whack, man. You just This kid was a stud wrestler. Um, we're sitting there. There's one piece of yellowtail on this plate and Hendo's just sitting there and he, we had a couple cocktails. We're just rapping and discussing. Well, these guys didn't eat dinner with us, but they knew we were there and they're a Hendo fans. So they come into Nobu and he sits down at the table. He goes, Hey Hendo, first takedown gets the last piece of yellowtail. And without skipping, and Hendo's clever and witty. That's what I love about him. He's funny as shit. Like what he said, Tom quit looking at my shorts. You yeah, know? no, exactly. Hendo just reaches over and grabs the yellowtail and puts it in his mouth and goes, okay, now what? <laughs> <laughs> It's that's, like, it's like, or something else out. I, I love the fact that that guy and we'll end it like this. We got to go. It's already, oh, it's getting late. It's that guy literally is not afraid of anybody. He would fight. He'll tell you straight well, up. Why would he? Be? I will fight. Any, he would I wouldn't fight, be either. He would fight anybody. I wouldn't and be. Either. He was a Greco Roman wrestler that learned how to throw around. If you listen to his podcast here and listen to his first fight when he was, when he went down to Brazil Right. And won that deal, and the people were like charging the freaking cage because they couldn't believe this white guy was doing what he was doing. And then his career just took off. Well, you just listen to Matt Sarah. You've heard Matt Sarah that you know. So I, I, somebody was asking him, "Hey, could you you know are you afraid of anybody?" He goes, "Well, not really, because you know it doesn't matter how tough the guy is. I'm going to break his arm." And that's Matt Sarah. That's little Matt Sarah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not calling Matt Sarah little, but I mean, Hindo's you know twice the size, and and that's how Hindo thinks. It's like. You know, he looks at a, a guy where, you know, you and I are like, man, that guy's huge. You know, it's like, well, yeah, he's not going to be very big with a broken arm. But, you know? but, but, but when I mean, you, it, when all you fights stand, are going to go to the ground anyway. When you anyway, stand next to Hendo, though, you're not looking at him like, unless you already know who he is. Right. And you look at his which, ears and you know yeah, what he did in the at, octagon. Yeah. But he's not, dude, he's, you look at him, you're like, yeah, I mean, 
he's built like you, kind of. Well, yeah, he's, he'd never he's tricked me. Like, First thing I look at is ears. Oh, you like, got to always oh, look okay. at the ears. Yeah, a no, fight, a, people that understand the fight game and oh, you're in gosh. a situation, you don't yeah. you don't mess with the vegetables. Anybody who has ears look like Shrek, skip it. Yeah, but he, but he's not, you don't look at him and go, man, dude, I could just imagine what you've done in the ring or in the mat or what. He is that unassuming, dude. Right. And he is the, he's a freaking stud. No, I, that was something, that was a special deal that he called in. That was perfect. Isn't that neat? That was awesome. He'll be up here. We'll go, or we'll go down there and watch a Padres game. I want to go hang that. it. I'll, I'll tell you about this deal. What I'm calling him. You heard me say, I'm going to call you about uh, the restaurant. Uh, you might, you might want to listen to this little deal. It's pretty nice. cool. This life ain't for everybody. Today's podcast was brought to you by our friends and family at Lear Toppers for all of your truck needs, all of your truck cover to keep all of your things safe, secure as you travel America's highways and back roads in, in trust in Lear L E E R all of their toppers for your truck, all of their accessories. We entrust in them. They add a ton of safety and security. Like I said before to every single one of our road trips from keeping our camera equipment in there, our guns, our ammo, our dogs, our dog kennels. They're safe. They're secure. You can lock them. They will match right up with the, the electronic system on all of the new rigs out there today to where all you got to do is hit the unlock button on your keypad and it will lock and unlock that Lear system with your tailgate. We love them. Thank you, Lear, so much for everything you do. Today's episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody is also brought to you by our friends at Mountain Ops, Utah Supplements, the Harbison Brothers. Check them out for all of your protein needs, whey protein needs, recovery, if you're in the weight room, if you're into distance, if you're into cardio. Mountain Ops is a healthy alternative to a lot of the supplements out there that you're reading about. They're made from all natural products and ingredients, and we entrust in every single one of our workouts, the Mountain Ops theory, the culture, and the lifestyle. Thank you, Harbison Brothers. I appreciate everything Mountain Ops do. Scott Chalene, any closing words? Hey, that that was incredible. I can't, you didn't even read any of that. I'd like the live, I'd like the audience to know that was all freestyle. I'm sure you're not, uh, since you listen to the podcast, that doesn't shock you, but, uh, that was impressive. A little freestyle, uh, rapping. You've always been able to do that. Some of some, my, my daughter has been on a kick and you'll appreciate this. And I don't know if I've said it on the podcast or not. And I keep a lot of things that my daughter does private, except this, her first duck a couple weeks ago, but First, I introduced her to Raw Bass and DJ's Your Rocket Takes Two. I said, I want you to memorize the first verse. She can do all four verses without the music. Oh, that's I want to rock right now. I'm Raw Bass and I can't begin it. So then I introduced her to Posse on Broadway, Sir Mix a Lot. My pop, me and Kid Sensation, a home away from home in a black men's limo with a cellular phone. We're calling up the. And I'm like, there is no way. I'm telling you, Scott, she knows the whole thing without the song being on. <laughs> oh, so then awesome. I said, I'm tricking her finally. And I give her Sir Mix-A-Lot off the same album, Swass. I was seventh grade or eighth grade. Me, no, that was Sugar Hill Game. But Todd Floyd, oh, me right. and Todd Cariza were going on a field trip to Lake Tahoe. Avancino, Wade, all of us were there. And I had the Swass album. And it was Posse on Broadway, and it was Buttermilk Biscuits. And I gave her Buttermilk Biscuits, Sir Mix-A-Lot, and she knows the whole thing. And I'm just like, she's, dude, it's freaking pretty impressive. This life ain't for everybody. For Scott oh, Shaleen, for I'm Chad Belding, Tom Rashashin. Please hit that button. This is Leith Lofton. What you going to do when the money's all gone? I'd rather be poor living off in a hole than rich as hell without a soul. Life on earth won't last that long What you gonna do when the money's all gone? Say life on earth won't last that long What you gonna do when the money's all gone?